Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Come on, come on. Man, who's excited? You guys excited? I'm telling you right from the start, I'm not, this is not a covert operation. Uh, I'm not pulling any punches. I'm not trying to, you know, this is not undercover. I have one goal today, and that is if you have heard the gospel, believe the gospel, receive the gospel, and have not yet been water baptized, today's your day. I'm just saying, today's your day, right? If you have not yet taken that step of faith, like I'm praying that, that you would not walk out of this room, out of this building, you know, if you have yet to be obedient to following Jesus in water baptism. And I'm going to tell you exactly what the Bible says about baptism. This is not man's opinions. This is not what Colby wants you to think. This is from God's word. Are you with me? And so we're just going to do what God's word tells us to do. Here we go. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to cover a little bit of ground quickly. So you're going to have to listen fast. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, This is about Philip baptizing an Ethiopian eunuch. It says this. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Philip was a believer. He said, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So right away we see God gives him an instruction. Do this. And he does it. And I say that because sometimes it's the, the simple instructions that produce the most profound results in our life. Are you with me? Like sometimes we think we have to do the big thing. God, give me the big sign. God, you know, speak to me in this way. Yet we're just saying, hey, God, it, let's follow the simple things that he would have us do that would produce the results that he wants. And so that's what Philip does. He just listens to this angel. He says, go down to the road. It says, so he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the candidate, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. So this guy is an important guy. This guy is in charge of the money. Are you with me? So the queen has a lot of trust in him. He's a smart guy. He's a sharp guy. And I say that because sometimes we think you come into a church like this and you have to check your brain at the door. We're not asking anybody to do that. This is not just an emotional type of thing. Yes, God gave you emotions, but we always ask you, hey, don't take my word for it. Don't take whoever's word up here for it. Like, do the study for yourself. You don't have to check your brain at the door. So this was a, a smart guy. This was a guy who, the, who was, you know, well-known in the community. He was great importance. And so Philip, compelled by an angel, goes down in the road, and as he does, he sees this Ethiopian eunuch. Here's the conversation they had. It said this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And so he wanted to check out what this whole thing was about. So he goes to Jerusalem to worship. However, he'd been to church, but he had not fully obeyed. And how many of you know, just because you are in church doesn't mean you are walking in obedience. Come on. Listen, just because you you came through the doors, just because you are in the room doesn't make you a Christian and I'm I'm so grateful if you are new to the church you are just kind of checking the faith out kicking the tires so to speak I'm so glad you're here we not only say you are welcome here you are wanted here you, you need to know that we're so glad that you're here but just because I you know I'm in the room it doesn't make me one thing like I could standing in my garage doesn't make me a car are you with me like just because so he had gone to church 
but he had not fully obeyed. It says this, on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. So he's reading the Old Testament. Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot. Stay near it. So Philip ran to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And what does he ask him? Do you understand what you're reading? And so the eunuch says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? Somebody say, explains. That's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to explain some stuff to you. Are you with me? So he invited Philip to come up to the chariot to sit down with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of Scripture that says he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And so obviously what he's reading is a, a prophetic word about Jesus. The Messiah who would come to the earth to take away the sins of the, the world. And so the eunuch asked Philip, he says, please tell me, who's he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about someone else? And so Philip began with that very passage of scripture that he was reading and told him, explained to him the good news about Jesus. Somebody say good news. So let me give you the Cliff Notes version. You guys remember the Cliff Notes? I always used to say Cliff was my, my best friend in college back in the day. I love Cliff. And so Cliff Notes version. Philip is on, uh, just kind of headed somewhere. An angel shows up and says, I want you to go this way. And so he follows a simple instruction. He goes this way. Holy Spirit says, I want you to go near that chariot. And so he's at the chariot, and he hears this eunuch reading out of the book of Isaiah, the prophet, about Jesus. And so he shares with him the good news. And that's what the gospel means. It just means good news. Colby, what is the good news? The good news is that you and I were born sinners. And that is not a condemning statement, by the way. That is just a reality of the human condition. It's not meant to condemn anyone. We were born sinners. And if you, you'd sit here today and say, Colby, I don't know. I don't think I was born a sinner. Well, you're not a parent then. You don't have children because we know. Like, you don't have to teach them. You know, right? We're just, we're born with this this kind of nature. None of us were born mistakers who make mistakes. We were born sinners who sin. And sin means we're just missing the mark. It's like an archery term, meaning we don't always get it right. If you say, Colby, I always get it right, well, that's where you sin. You're a liar, right? Because none of us always get it right. And so we needed, uh, and God knew that. And so we were separated from a holy God because of our sin. And because he could not, you know, be, be with and, you know, kind of have a relationship with our sin. I mean, he wanted to have a relationship with us personally because he, he loves us. And I know some people push back and say, well, if God loves us, why, why, was, why were we born with this in nature? You know, he has a weird way of showing it. Well, he loves you, but he did not want you to be a robot. Are you with me? He gave you free will. He gave you free choice so that you could... Give him your love in return. And he could love you with this unconditional kind of love. And knowing that there would be sin in the world, he set this plan into motion before the foundations of the earth where he would send his one and only son, born of a virgin, to, to be our perfect sacrifice. He would die on a cross. He would go into the grave, but he wouldn't stay in the grave. He'd rise up three days later telling the world that he was who he said he was, the son of God with the power to take away the sins of the earth. Are you with me? That's the gospel. And so that's what he, Philip is telling this eunuch. I don't know if he put it in those terms or not, but he's explaining to him the good 
news. Why is it good? Because you and I, on our own, could not solve the sin problem. Couldn't do it. No matter how much you went to church, no matter how many songs you sang, prayers you prayed, good deeds that you did, we could not in our own strength solve this sin problem. So God sent his son to solve it for us. Come on, it's not just good news. It is great news that God is no longer counting your sins against you. It's the best news you'll ever hear. And so he's explaining this to him. The good news about Jesus, it says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What's standing in the way of me being baptized? Hey, same question. Look, here's water. What's standing in the way of you being baptized? Seriously. Seriously, because this is, this is how it worked. This is the process. He, he heard the gospel. He put his faith in Jesus. He believed the gospel, received the gospel, and he got baptized. Look, here's some water. What's standing in the way? And I know some of you are like, well, don't I have to like, you know, go and you know, pray with someone? Or don't I have to go and, and take a class? You know, don't I have to you know, go, go get some you know, approval somewhere? What did, it, what did it say? It said they traveled along the road. After hearing the gospel, the eunuch said, look, here's some water. What's standing in my way of being baptized? It does not say. Then he prayed a prayer. That's going to mess with some of your theology especially recovering Baptists in the room. It's going to jack you up a little bit. He didn't say he prayed a prayer. It didn't say he went to a class. It didn't say he got an okay. You know, he had to go back to Jerusalem and, and see if it was okay for him to get baptized. No, he heard the gospel, believed the gospel, saw some water, and was baptized. He didn't wait for his mom and dad to show up and encourage him. He did not wait for his, his friends to come and, and, and stand around with their, their phones and, you know, post selfies, you know, because it didn't happen unless it's on social media. No, he heard the gospel, believed the gospel, saw some water, and was baptized. And that's my challenge to you today. If you have heard the gospel at some point in your life and you have believed it, you have trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, receive the gospel and you have not yet been baptized, it is your next step. Today is the day. Today is the day. In fact, I'm going to give you about 10 to 15 more minutes to work up your courage if that's you right now. Because it could be you're here today, and honestly, maybe you've never heard this. Maybe you've never heard the fact that the good news is that Jesus gave his life for you. So you did not have to pay for your sins. Like, it could be, and there are people, and it's, it might be surprising to you, that have never heard that. That, oh, that's what Jesus did. That's why he died on the cross. That's why, you know, we celebrate Easter and him being raised from the dead and so that he conquered sin once and for all, for all, so that we could, we could have victory over sin as well. Maybe you never heard that before. Well, today you've heard it, and you've received it. You know what your next step is? Get baptized. Get baptized. In fact, it could be that you are one of the more than 5,140 people who have accepted Jesus since we launched this church. And you have yet to take that step of faith. It could be that you're one of the more than 100 people just this year who have said yes to following Jesus and have never taken that step of faith. 
And here's the thing. I know some of you right now are thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. You know, your palms are getting sweaty. Maybe your heart's beating a little faster. You're like, I've heard the gospel. I've received the gospel, but I haven't yet done that. And you're thinking right now of all the reasons why you can't. All the excuses, all the hesitations, all the, the pushback. And so before you even ask or make the excuses, I want to answer some of the questions that you might have in mind. So one of the first things I want to address is this. Some of the reasons that people don't get water baptized, number one, is that they would say, well, it doesn't make sense. Chloe, this doesn't make sense to me. And I kind of understand that. Because when denominations get a hold of it, it can be confusing. Because everybody does it differently. They're like, well, the Catholics do it this way. Baptists do it this way. Presbyterians this way or the non-denominationals do it this way which you know I don't even know what that is because saying you're non-denomination makes you kind of a denomination and so who, who knows what that means some people say well you know I don't get it because some people sprinkle you right some people dunk you some people sprinkle babies or or dunk babies maybe they don't dunk babies I don't know if they do that some do it three times some do it one time like what's the right way and I get that I get the pushback and the confusion. So let me explain it to you. Baptism comes from the word baptizo. You know what that means? To immerse. That's what the word means. It does not mean sprinkle or spritz. It does not mean to splash a little water on your face. So Colby, why do you do baptism by submersion? Because that's the word. The word simply means to immerse, to fully submerge. Now, we don't hold you under very long. Unless you need it. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what the word means. And so what it is, it's this picture of, of, of Jesus dying, you know, for our sins, dying and being raised back to life. What does the Bible say? If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so it's this visual, this picture of you saying, you know what, I'm with Jesus and I'm dying to my old self and I'm being raised to, to new life in him and following him. And so that's why we, we do it that way. I like to say it this way. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward transformation of something that's already happened to you. And aren't you grateful that Jesus died for your sins? Aren't you grateful that we have a Savior who we could put our trust and our hope in for salvation. That's what baptism is saying. It's the outward expression of this inward transformation. Uh, I'll explain it another way. It's been called the, the wedding band of the Christian faith. Or the wedding ring of the, the Christian faith. Because this, this band right here, this does not make me married. You know, this is one of those silicone bands. You know, I still have my original gold one. But this one doesn't, it doesn't make me married. It's a symbol that I am married. It, you know, signing the document in the courthouse didn't make me married to Kristen. What made me married is was Kristen and I stood before God and before each other and made a covenant, a promise to one another, right? To have and to hold, to love and to cherish, till death do we part. Like we made that promise. And we did that, by the way, uh, next week it'll be 25 years ago. Come on, somebody, 25 years. That's a long time. But it doesn't make me married. It's a symbol that I am married. All this ring does is it just tells everybody else, hey, your boy's off the market, right? Just saying, that's what it is. 
And I know sometimes we can get confused about this and say people in certain traditions will say, well, baptism is salvation. No, it's not. I want to be clear. Baptism is not salvation. In fact, I know where some denominations take that from. It says, um, uh, believe and be baptized for the remission of sins. There's a verse in Scripture that says that. The, the part that matters is the belief part. Are you with me? Not the baptism part. Like, it's important to take that step of obedience, but it is not salvation. So I want to be very clear about that. Like, this, this again, this, is not, this does not make me married. It's just a, a symbol. But let me ask you this. If I was, you know, married, but in certain situations, I didn't want to wear this. What if when I traveled, I, I took this off because I didn't know if I wanted people to think I'm married. Or if I went to the, the gym, I took this off. You would not think highly of me. My wife would not be too pumped about that either, right? No, this is saying that I'm with her, that she's with me. And I'm proud of that, right? I'm proud of that fact. Like, you guys know that I'm married way up. Come on, somebody, right? I'm just asking you this. If Jesus has paid for your sins in full, and saved you. And because of Jesus, God no longer counts your sins against you. You have been made right with him. Why would you not want to tell the world, I'm with him and he's with me? Are you with me? That's what baptism is. It's this symbol. It's this expression of what has already transpired in your, your life. Number two, uh, for some of you, this is your thought. Well, I've already been baptized. And and that might be true. And, and for many of you, perhaps, you don't need to take this step. Like if there was a point in your life you said, all right, I heard the gospel, I believe the gospel, I received the gospel, and I was baptized. But now you're thinking, yeah, but, you know, I haven't always lived right. Or, you know, I just cussed somebody out the other day. You don't have to get baptized again. All right? You're like, well, it didn't work the first time. I'm, I'm still angry. Well, number one, it's going to be okay, Steelers fans. There's another year. We'll figure it out, right? Just kidding. Just get used to disappointment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you don't have to get baptized again. What does the Bible say? Repent, you know, and ask for forgiveness, and you'll be cleansed from all unrighteousness. So you don't have to do that. Just, just tell God, you know, I'm sorry, and I repent. But for others of you that have been baptized, you might be in one of two situations. You were baptized, and you had no idea necessarily what you were doing. In fact, it could be that there, your friends were doing it and you really had not made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior at that point in your life. And so you decided, well, I just better do it because everyone else is doing it or somebody else wanted it for you. But since that moment you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like you should get baptized. You should get baptized because before that, all 27 instances in the New Testament there are 20 alone in the book of Acts where people are getting baptized. You know when they get baptized? After they made a personal decision to follow Jesus. Never before. Never before. Or some of you might be in the boat like me, that you were baptized as an infant, as a baby. Like, can I tell you something? That, that was an incredibly meaningful moment for your parents. Not for you. I mean, I know some of you, you are probably super brilliant babies, but I doubt that you understood as an infant your sin condition and that Jesus gave his life for you 
and you put your faith and trust in him. Are you with me? Like, I doubt you did that. But if since then, at some point in your life, you've made a decision to follow Jesus, like you need to get baptized. And I don't think that is dishonoring what your parents meant for you. In fact, what I think it does, it brings full circle their desire for you to one day own your faith and say you are a follower of Jesus. Are you with me? Like, so don't let that be an excuse. Well, I already, you know, I was baptized as a baby. You were just a wet little kid. That's all you were back in the day. It didn't mean anything at that point. It was great for your parents. And again, I don't think it would be dishonoring. In fact, I think it would be loving to say, you know what, mom, dad, whoever, I'm, I have a personal relationship now and I'm going to follow Jesus. And number three, some of you, you want to over-spiritualize it and you, you want to say this, well, I need to pray about it. Can I tell you something? No, you don't. Actually, here's some great advice for somebody. You never need to pray about obeying God. Ever. And I want you to hear this. This is not about, well, you know, I don't know if I want to be a part of this church or join a church. This is not joining a church. We don't do membership here, by the way. We, we, we call it more like a partnership, that we are partnering together with what God wants to do through this church in our, our city. So we're just partnering with God. We don't do membership. Membership is like a, a country club type of thing. This ain't a country club. This is not a cruise ship. This is a battleship. You got a man a gun, people. You know, let's go. We are in this fight together. So this is not a, a country club thing. It is a personal decision between you and God. Yes, you're going public but you're going public with a personal decision that you have already made. And over and over and over again in the scripture, it says they believed and they were baptized. They were believed and then they were baptized. So I'm just saying there are some things, and this is one of them, if you have believed in Jesus, received him as your Lord and Savior, like you don't need to pray about this next step. In fact, I, I thought about it like this. Like if I were to tell my kids, like, hey, kids, it's Wednesday night. You got to put the trash out on the curb because this is when we have to do it where we are. Wednesday night, put the trash out on the curb. And they looked at me and said, Dad, I'll, I'll pray about it. <laughs> I don't pray about letting you live here. I don't pray about you eating dinner tonight, right? There are some things, I'm just telling you, you don't need to pray about. You don't need to pray about obedience to God. And many times, we say, I'll pray about something, and we use that as an excuse for inactivity. Or we say, I'm going to pray about something, and all that is is causing us to be immediately disobedient with what we know is the right thing. How many of you know if something is the right thing to do, the right time to do the right thing is right now? It's right now. It's right now. Don't use prayer as your you know, way of like putting it on the back burner or talking yourself out of what you know God wants you to do. Here's number four. And this is what some of you are thinking, and I'm glad you're thinking it. I didn't come prepared. I didn't come prepared. Well, good news, we did. We did. And just because it wasn't your plan does not mean God did not have it planned already. In fact, uh, for those of you thinking, well, I, didn't, I don't have stuff to wear. I don't have all the things that I need. Can you just throw that list up here for me? Right here. That's what we have. So if there's something not on that list, you just let us know and we'll figure it out. 
But I think we have everything you need to take this next step of obedience. We wanted to remove every single obstacle that you might have to saying, you know, I'm just telling you, if you have heard the gospel, and if you've been coming to this church for any amount of time, you've heard the gospel. If you've received the gospel and you put your faith in Jesus for salvation, your next step, according to Jesus and according to scripture, is to get water baptized. To get water baptized. And again, all throughout the New Testament, the book of Acts, it happened after, after they made a personal decision for Jesus. And I, some of you might even be thinking, well, all right, Colby, I, I get it, but I just, I need to, I need to see it. I need to see it first. I don't want to be the first one to go. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, we got you covered there as well, because we have somebody that's going to go first right now. Come on up, Ian. I know it's you, bro. Can we encourage Ian? Just so you're not thinking, hey, um, what's going to happen? What's this all about? What's it going to look like? What do I have to do? Is the water cold? No, it's fine. Look at them. They're loving it right now. They're, they're loving it. If you're saying, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know what this is going to look like. I do know something. In this house, you will be celebrated. In this house, we will honor you. In this house, we're going to glorify what this means to a God who saved you. And you've chosen to go public with it. Come on, let's go crazy. Come on. Awesome, man. so good and honestly like you we all have room to grow and so one of the ways I've personally been growing just so you know and, and the reason why um, what Pastor Will is doing right now with Ian we're, we're, we're gonna do with everybody that walks up and takes this step is that I was reading in the book of Acts chapter 19 you know, we used, to, we used to do things based on tradition or rote, and this is what, what you say. And we used to say, well, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize people. And I don't think there's anything wrong. God's not mad about it. But the more I study it and read it in the New Testament, in Acts, it's always in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They're baptizing in Jesus' name. In fact, there's a story in Acts chapter 19 of, of uh, a disciple going to a house and saying, well, what baptism did you receive? And they said, the baptism of John. And you know what that means? That meant that they were following in, in John's baptism. You know what John's baptism was? Repent of your sins, but someone greater is coming. And they're like, okay, that's, that's fine. That's great that you did that. But you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. As followers of Jesus. And so over and over again, we see it's baptizing them in, in Jesus' name. And then after they were baptized and come up out of the water, they prayed for them to, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe you get the Holy Spirit the moment of salvation. You confess Jesus as Lord. But there's something about being baptized and then being this, this new creation in Christ who's ready to receive 
all that God has for you. I mean, we see this in the, 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 the story of, of Noah and the ark sending out doves and the dove coming back, dove looking for something to land on. And finally he does, but the dove represents the spirit of God. We see this in the spirit uh, when Jesus is baptized by John. It says the heavens opened up and he heard a voice from God saying, this is my son whom I love and am well pleased. And then the dove alights on him. It's like a dove coming up out of the water. And so we just take it as an opportunity to say, you know what? We're getting baptized. We're dying to ourselves. We're coming up new in Christ. We want to be a vessel. We want to be ready in a position to receive the spirit of God in our life in a fresh way. So we're just praying for you in that moment to receive all that the spirit has for you. What does that look like, Colby? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's, it's a one size fits all. I don't think it's, you know, the same gifts for everybody. I don't believe that, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit is who empowers us, gifts us, gives us strength and ability to live this life in the world that we are, are living in. And how many of you know we need strength for today, right? Hope for tomorrow. And so we're praying for every single person that the Holy Spirit would, would anoint them, fall fresh on them in a new way as well. And so that's what it looks like. That's what we're going to do. And if in just a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. And you say, you know what, Colby, I have heard the gospel. I've received the gospel, but I've never taken that step. Let me ask you one more time. Here's some water. Like what's standing in your way? Honestly, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. There's something about the simple instruction, simple act of obedience that I believe will produce profound results in your life. Are you with me? The one caveat I would say is if you have children in the room today that are in fifth grade and under, we would love for them to talk to one of our kids team about that decision and about what that looks like. However, if you are middle school, high school, college, or above, and you know that you have heard the gospel, received the gospel, but you've never taken that step of faith, today is your day. This is your moment. And I believe on the other side of this, if you are obedient in the small things, God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. Are you with me? Let's stand to our feet. I'm gonna pray for you. And then right now, if you know that's you, our team is ready to receive you. All that stuff that we have, we made it as easy as possible. Those doors are gonna open. They are out there. They will help you, get you everything that you need. If you came ready already, like you're gonna line up against this wall over here and we're gonna start this and you are gonna watch the gospel in action. Are you ready? All right, get that courage up. Heavenly Father, we pray right now for those that know that your spirit is leading them to take this next step, to be obedient in following after you, God. I just pray right now for strength and courage for those who have heard the gospel, who have believed the gospel and have received it, that right now they would be obedient in taking that next great step. And we're gonna be a church that celebrates with them. We're gonna be a church that honors you, God. We're gonna be a church that gets excited about what you're going to do in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. 
there will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.